Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Spiritual Gangsta Certified Podcast. I am your host, Janae Jones, also known as Ili Vish. And what I want to talk about in this episode is the new moon in Cancer, but specifically, I'm going to spend some more time speaking on this nodal shift that will be going through. The nodes are going to move from the North Node in Taurus, South Node in Scorpio, to North Node in Aries, South Node in Libra. And there's so much to cover here. I want you guys to know collectively what to expect over the next 18 months or so. So that's what we'll be doing this episode. And also, there's still time. If you're interested in learning about Yod aspects, which are the finger of God. That's what it's called in astrology. I will be doing a course with Nadia Shah's Synchronicity University on July 29th at 2 p.m. Eastern. The link is in the episode description, but (laughs) I hope you guys are ready because this nodal shift, listen y'all, I'm excited for it. I'm I'm super excited for it. But I do want to kind of go over some of the nodal changes over the past couple cycles so that you'll really get an idea of why this one is so important and how you can use it to your benefit. So you won't want to miss that. Stay tuned. Blessings, everyone. I hope sincerely that all of you have been able to get through cancer season um, peacefully and to have had some time to prepare yourselves uh, for some different energies that are coming up. And as far as the new moon in cancer, again, to remind everyone, we experience a new moon when the moon catches up to where the sun is exactly. So when they're in the same sign. So this is like, you could almost look at it like the moon being the subconscious and then the sun being the conscious elements of ourselves. Those things aligning in the sign of cancer that the moon actually rules. So the moon loves to be in cancer. And as the fastest moving luminary that we have the moon transits assigned every two and a half days so it's constantly changing emotional landscapes now it being home in the side sign of cancer excuse me is important for a lot of other reasons too because of the aspects that are being made to this new moon. So the first thing that I noticed um, is that Uranus is sextile the moon within two degrees. Uranus is about sudden changes. Uranus is about inspiration, shaking things up. And where is Uranus currently? It's in the sign of Taurus. 
the sign of money, the sign of values, the sign of self-worth, the sign of food. And Uranus being in Taurus is kind of like a natural square energy because Uranus rules Aquarius and Taurus and Aquarius square one another. Given this, this is this is and can be uncomfortable energy. And I say this with squares all the time that that discomfort that is present within that energy is breeding ground actually for growth and for change because friction and uncomfortable things often spawn change. We don't want to keep feeling uncomfortable. So something must be done and sextiles present opportunities. So you can look at this, there may be a sudden opportunity with this new moon to re-examine how we feel about things, things regarding our family, things regarding our private life, things regarding our relationships with women. How are we processing these things emotionally? What have we been allowing ourselves to feel and what have we not been allowing ourselves to feel? And there's an opportunity here for great intuitive wisdom about what we're feeling, about what's going on in our private lives. And then because, you know, Neptune is also trying the moon by two degrees. Woo, okay. I would look at it this way. And trines are, you know, easy flowing energy. This does not automatically mean something positive is happening. But what I will say is Neptune is home in Pisces and this moon is home in Cancer. These two energies in their home places are very strong, are very potent. Water energy is going to be heavy emotional energy anyway. So this is just giving the moon extra, 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 extra. And the sun is here too, since it's a new moon, but it's giving extra depth as far as feelings. Now, I will say this about Neptune being in Pisces, which if you've heard me talk about this, lately or i can't even say lately i have to say the past few years because i'm a pisces sun and neptune and oh and i'm a pisces mercury and neptune has been making contact of course at first with my mercury and then with my son for quite some years now and i've been kind of sick of it <laughs> even though i have found a way to embrace this neptunian energy as being very much a catalyst for me to reconnect with, you know, what I want to create with my imagination, you know? Now, I will say because of the way that this new moon is configured, I would not advise anyone to let their imagination run away with them about what they're feeling. Are you deceiving yourself? Are you really going under the surface to examine how you feel? Or are you allowing yourself too much, too much of being in your head and actually disconnected from reality? We have an opportunity to look at things in a new way, to be inspired to look at things in a new way, but we want to caution against deluding ourselves. Are your feelings 
deluding you? Are they are they rendering you delusional? Are there things that you're not being real about? And, you know, and Saturn is also in Pisces calling for us to reel in some of that delusional energy. So this, this is present to help us here, you know, as well. And then even though it's not a close opposition per se, it's within four degrees, we have Pluto, which is retrograde back into Capricorn at this point, opposing the moon. What I'll say about this, in looking at the planets and how they're operating, I sometimes look at them as people. This is something that I think helps. Pluto is very intense energy. And this is an opposition. So you can almost look at it as an intense opponent to emotional processes, to instinctual responses, to family issues, to things going on in your personal life, that sort of thing. You know, Pluto is showing up in power. Pluto is an energy of extremes as well. So I won't be surprised if a lot of people, even though a new moon usually is looked at as a good time to enact something new, to begin something again. But what may be the catalyst for that could be some disruption, could be the universe calling on you to completely destroy something and recreate something new when it comes to those areas of life. And that's not easy for any of us to do. And also because this moon is square Chiron. And that square energy, that hard 90 degree angle, it's within fourth degree, four degrees. So it's not exactly a 90 degree square here. But Chiron being in Aries, where the North Node is about to move and which will eventually kick itself up in a whole different way, which I'll speak about a little later. But this is emotional wounding. What sort of friction exists between how you feel and what hurt you? It's interesting because in talking to a few of my friends over the past week or so, a lot of us are going through something where we're realizing how we process our disappointments and emotional hurts and how those patterns and cycles continue on sometimes despite the fact that those cycles don't serve us any longer. There's a releasing, even though this can be kind of looked at in the way of like, you know, you see posts and people are like, no, you release on a full moon. We're constantly going through different things individually that call upon us to release stuff that we should be. And also given the fact that when we're looking at this moon and we're understanding that we're at zero degrees of the nodes when this occurs, even though the same day the nodes do shift to North Node in Aries, South Node in Libra. But during this new moon, we're at zero degrees and zero minutes. So right before this change, the zero degree of a sign is a critical degree. 
Now, because the natural motion of the moves, the, blah, excuse me, I can't even talk. The natural motion of the nodes of the moon are to move retrograde. So whenever they go into a sign, they're starting at the anoretic 29th degree and moving backwards. So technically, this is the last degree of this nodal transit, but it still has that critical energy degree. And what I mean by that is, the critical energy of the degree wants to come out of the gate running. There's almost a feeling of can't hold back here when it comes to A, the North Node, the values that we should be aspiring to, and then B, the South Node, the things that we either had to re-examine and reconfigure in a way to reconnect with our power to reach our North Node, or the abuse, the misuse, the heavy shit, the underlying psychological things, things that we don't like to deal with, secrets, taboos, even if they're not societal taboos, but personal taboos as per things we don't want to talk about. This is the energy of these things wanting to come up and out, so let them. Allow what needs to come out to come out. You may suddenly feel the need to do so, and nothing is a mistake in the universe. Nothing, okay? So, It's almost like saying that despite the discomfort, despite the things that we don't like about what bothers us emotionally, we still have to contend with them. They still have to be dealt with. When we ignore and suppress, we're doing ourselves a huge disservice emotionally and subconsciously. We need to be able to be brave and Leo season is upon us, but we need to be able to be brave enough to face those things, embrace those things, recognize those things, and do something about them. So much love to everybody, new moon blessings, and stay tuned for my North Node in Aries, South Node in Libra talk. Peace. everybody is ready for a collective shift. Welcome everyone because this week kicks off with so much stuff. I just talked about the new moon in Cancer which will occur at 2:31 p.m. Eastern. Okay, July 17th, Monday. That same day we're going to have the nodes shift from North Node in Taurus, South Node in Scorpio, to North Node in Aries, South Node in Libra. And this is going to occur Monday, July 17th at 3.59 p.m. So those two things are happening within hours of each other. And what do we get from this? Well, we're going to get a lot. 
First of all, disclaimer, because I saw this question come up a lot when discussing the nodes, their natural movement is to move retrograde. So they move backwards through signs. So for those who were confused about that, I hope that this helps. I am gonna talk a little bit about how we've experienced these nodal shifts and what they've meant that have been leading up to the time frame where we are right now. And hopefully, if you're familiar with your chart in any way, you'll be able to look at the places where you've been experiencing these nodal transits. They should clue you into the areas of life that showed you where you had to strike a balance between what you were used to doing or used to operating in order to reach something in particular. And I really, really caution people not to just take everything that you see online and just like kind of run with it without considering how it's impacting you personally. This is one of the reasons why I champion for people understanding and memorizing their chart placements. And I don't mean the cafe astrology grid list, like really familiarize yourself with a chart wheel. I don't even know how it's like difficult for me to fathom how to <laughs> even refer to a cafe astrology list. I felt so bad. I helped the young lady on the Spiritual Gangster Certified Facebook page the other day um, in finding like her Saturn cycles. And she sent me a cafe astrology grid list. And I'm just like, I, I don't even know what to do with it. And I remember there was a time where all I knew was that cafe astrology grid list. So I'm amazed at my growth over this past decade in my comfort level of being able to look at actual charts. So I want people who are new to astrology to start off on the foot of getting in the habit of actually looking at charts. The actual 360 degree wheel with 12 houses, not the grid list. It's, it's not as helpful not as far as understanding. You, you can't even see all the aspects in it. Of course, this means that you have to learn the symbols for not only the planets and the asteroids and the signs, but also for the aspects so that you're better able to understand and unpack what exactly is going on in a chart. Now, <clears throat> I made a video a long time ago about you know the nodes when they were in gemini north node in gemini south node in sagittarius um it's still up on youtube i actually pulled from a book that i recommend to everybody it is called astrology for the soul by jan spiller it is about particular nodal positionings and how you can look at that in your chart to better understand the direction you're supposed to be taking in this incarnation. What comes easy to you, what does not. Um, what you probably need to let go of and what you need to adopt. What is fulfilling and what wouldn't be. So again, I, I highly recommend that book. I'm gonna put a link in the description um, for this episode to the book as well. Now, also, 
when I was talking about the nodes at that time, one of the things that was going on, we were caught up in election hoopla, presidential election hoopla over here in the U.S. And what a time to be alive. <laughs> because the stuff we saw, um, and even if you don't live in the U.S., and I saw somebody say this the other day, and I was like, yo, this is so true. Um, she had to actually, it, she's a YouTuber named Kodology. Check out her videos. I like her videos. I like her. She's a sweet girl. Um, she was saying, hey, everybody, I know you can't basically tell by how the internet is set up, but the internet is not just the USA. There's actually things going on, you know, in the rest of the world. And just this kind of like pompousness that the United States kind of has to be in the center of everything when it's like, there are billions of other people, y'all. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but anyway, um, when the nodes were in Gemini and Sagittarius and we were going through all the election hoopla, I was reminding people of something, okay? So... Yes, in general, we can kind of look at North Node versus South Node as direction to go towards or direction to walk away from, but there's some other ways to look at it too. Any opposition, which the nodes naturally are, you're always going to find the North Node in an opposite sign than the South Node. And I've said this for years now that oppositions are calls for balance. When we are not balanced, we live in extremes. That's funny because if you think about it in zodiacal order, that means when we are not balanced, Libra, we live at extremes, Scorpio. See how that works? So it's important more than ever to understand that any opposition that you see, that'll also be true if there's ever a full moon. The sun is opposing the moon when there's a full moon. We are being cautioned that either A, we need to find some sort of midpoint or harmony between the two energies or b we really have to pick a side you either want to change or you don't you either want to go towards something or not so it'll work differently with different people but i essentially wanted that to be something that i put out there during that gemini north node uh, sagittarius south node i've said this before it was messy. Um, Gemini dealing especially with communication and ideas and gossip, right? That was in the North Node. Now, some may say, like, why would we be walking towards gossip? Well, to be honest, any information that is put out in the world to be considered is put out in the world to be considered. That doesn't mean it has to be adopted. You know, Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Mercury's the messenger. It is only one essence of Mercury, though, because, you know, Virgo is also mercurial and ruled by Mercury. But Virgo's the details. It's like kind of taking everything that Gemini collects and synthesizing it into what's important and what's not. But in general, what I'm saying is ideas are important. Ideas are something that we need to be informed on. I mean, even the stuff in the world that you don't necessarily like or agree with, I think it's a good idea that we know that these things exist, at the very least, to be able to avoid them. So during that nodal transit, collectively, 
yeah, we had to find a balance between people sharing all these ideas and then us sticking to what we believe, which is Sagittarius energy, or standing on our soapbox preaching, which is Sagittarius energy. Now, what you could see online very easily because it was so polarized, especially with the election chaos, what you could see very clearly was who was open to new ideas and who wasn't. Who was willing to at least hear other people out and have discussions and who was like, no, I'm not listening to you. I'm narrow-minded. I'm going to focus on that. That's it. This is what I believe. I'm standing on this principle. I'm standing on this belief. And it caused a lot of shakeup in the collective because one of the last things I think we need um, when there are contentious subjects and issues at the forefront, especially in a political manner, we, we don't need more polarization. And to be polarized, listen, I think I used to be politically polarized when I was younger, and I've come more to be centrist. I see problems with both sides of the political spectrum, and there's no way that I'm just going to align to one and scream at the other side. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. But it took years of me examining why I thought or believed some of the things that I did to even be able to get to the point where I could fully examine it and, and, and you know, see where I stood. So, you know, we, we went through that nodal transit and it was almost like saying, okay, we, we've seen all the talk. We've seen all the people who didn't even give a shit about the talk and didn't want to talk about anything except what they believed in. And they're sticking to it. So once all that stuff was on display for everybody to see and we had the node shift uh, into Taurus, North Node, Scorpio, South Node, I believe that was 2021, January, or 2022. Am I wrong? No, it's 2022, sorry. Um, <laughs> we went from the talking and the preaching and the, you know, being open to ideas to we've heard those ideas, we've heard the preaching, and now, okay, where do I stand on these things? What am I solid in? How does this resonate with my morals? Taurus energy has to do with morals, okay? It has to do with your value system, your self-worth. And then the Scorpio essence part of it, when I first thought about the nodal shifts, which by the way, something else you should be considering, if you're looking at things that are transiting against your tar your chart, I said tart, geez, chart, <laughs> would be, how are these nodes impacting your personal nodes? Because I know as soon as the minute we had the nodal shift into Taurus and Scorpio, I immediately, because I'm a 29 degree North node in Leo, South node in Aquarius, I was immediately, immediately, experiencing a nodal square. I can tell y'all that for the past 19 months, I have really felt that square, you know? My purpose, what I'm supposed to be walking towards, you know, 
it had to experience some friction in order to actually align me better to that path. I thought I was aligned with it. I thought I was making great strides towards it. You know, I had had a nodal sextile during the Gemini and Sagittarius, um, a nodal sextile and trine with that energy. But mm -mm, I was not on the right path. I had a lot of personal shifts happen during the nodes being in Taurus and Scorpio. I am also a natal Venus in Taurus. I am a progressed sun in Taurus. So the influence of this transit hit those parts of my chart. And let me tell you, I needed that friction to grow. Because in order to meet my North Node purpose, I have to understand what my gifts and skills are with my South Node. And we can look at the, the same collectively. Now, with the nodes in Taurus and Scorpio, this entire time, we were experiencing a couple of different things. Saturn was still in Aquarius. That was big for a lot of people. I've talked about this in past episodes about how networks and friendship circles and groups, they got shaken up because the ruler of that transit was Uranus, which is in Taurus. So values, misalignment of values, alignment with values, sudden realization that you're either aligned or not aligned with someone value-wise. That caused a lot of people to audit their circles, um, kind of back away from some people, keep their shit or circle tight. For some people, this was no new friends energy, okay? During this time frame, we also saw a lot of things that were very South Node and Scorpio coming up. Sexual abuse things, abuse in general things. Now, with this nodal shift now, out of Taurus, North Node, Scorpio, South Node, want everybody to consider some things now aries is the sign of self so the north node is in the sign of self and action because aries is mars ruled the south node is in the sign of partnership and agreement and contracts that's where the south node is pointing and that's some stuff that we can kind of look at like okay well, maybe we've dealt with this. Maybe we've put a lot of energy energy into partnerships. A lot of people are going to be experiencing the following. And I'm seeing it play out in my close group of friends. I'm seeing it play out with my clients. And I think this is really beautiful energy. So... Now that we're firm, or if we've taken advantage of the universal energy of this, now that we're firm in where we stand with our values and even our money, okay? Are we thinking too little of ourselves and concentrating too much on who we're paired up with or what we're contractually obligated to do? Are we wanting to put in the action that is needed in order to put self first? Now, granted, some people look at this and go, well, 
I, I don't necessarily like hearing be more selfish. I get it. Selfish within itself brings up a lot of thoughts that have negative connotations. But as any reformed people pleaser should know, or any people who have always felt like when they give, it doesn't always seem to be reciprocated. There's a moment that comes unto you where you realize that if you're overly given, giving to others, even though, yes, there's this credo, you should give without expectation in return. But in actual one-to-one partnerships with other people, we're agreeing to keep that partnership. It's a contract. Like, think of it this way. If you're friends with someone, hopefully, and, and I'm talking about like real friendships, because I started to realize over the past couple of years that some people create friendships and it, they're not really friendships. Okay, there's an agreement taking place when you be actually become friends with another individual. It's all seventh house shit. It's all Libra shit, right? So you could look at it like no matter who you connect to, be it a romantic partner, um, a business partner, an actual friend, when you meet someone and you're learning about each other and you're talking to one another and you're coming to this place of understanding about who the other person is and you collectively decide, hey, okay, well, I kind of like what you bring to the table. And the other person, hey, I kind of like what you bring to the table. Let's have a friendship. The friendship is the singular thing that there's a contract for, but it involves two people. And in order for it to run appropriately, there cannot really be any unmet expectations. Because think about an actual contract. If I gave you some sort of contract that was really nonspecific, that whose terms were so like obtuse and just not clear, how could you ever adhere to that contract? I would be holding you to almost impossible standards. And that's the thing that's coming up with this transit. A lot of people are figuring out that in their one-to-one relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it was, a lot of people are feeling like, I ain't signed up for this. Uh, I don't like these terms. This isn't what I agreed to. Mm Mm-mm. And they're choosing themselves over these connections. Now, some connections have run their course. And because they've run their course, they need to go. There's nothing wrong with that. On the flip side of this, if this energy is used incorrectly, there could be a person who didn't even review the contract and the terms of the contract of the relationship or friendship. And thus... They're not adhering to whatever terms either, but they're choosing them. So there could be some of that too. Another way to look at this transit would be to look at the fact that Libra is an air sign and air signs are all about thought, okay, ideas. Whereas Aries is a fire sign, it's a cardinal fire sign. So it has an initiating quality to getting things done. This is action and movement. So you could also look at this transit as 
the opposite of thinking and doing. Some people have been so busy thinking and talking about different things that they have not put the energy into actually implementing those things. We can talk until we're blue in the face about different things, but until we're actually working towards them with action, how real are we really going to make them? And remember, Saturn is still in Pisces, so those dreams that everybody has that they want to bring into fruition, you got to do the work if you want them. It's not just enough to dream. So in this case, it's not just enough to talk. It's not just enough to ruminate over what you want to do. You have to put in action. This is very, very important. I'll be talking about this more on the Astro G Ladies Roundtable discussions that we have on the Spiritual Gangster Certified YouTube channel. You don't want to miss that. And if you want to learn more about astrology, please be sure to join the Astro G Ladies Facebook group, where me, Marie Russo, and Erica the Golden Mystic, along with so many beautiful individuals who have joined the group, discuss astrology. We've got some upcoming events that you guys don't want to miss, so make sure you hit the link in the episode description to join. Listen, a lot of there's some other energies going on today too, but I already discussed them in the what to expect videos for July. I do want to tell everybody that be careful during this new moon and this ingress of the nodes into Aries and Libra. Um, some people may feel a bit riled up and because of this may act without thinking. We want to find a balance. We want to find harmony. And also I wanted to say that as the nodes come into Aries and Libra, there's almost an exact, except for one thing, but there's a freaking grand cross or what we would call a grand square. Okay, so we have the north node at 29 degrees Aries, south node at 29 degrees of Libra. And those things are squaring Pluto at 29 degrees of Capricorn, and then also squaring the moon and the sun. Listen. First of all, Pluto retrograding back into Capricorn did not come to play. When Pluto goes back into Aquarius, we will have 20 years of dealing with some stuff that I have so many conversations to put up, you guys. The amount of editing is hurting my head. But, but, again, Pluto squaring the nodes. You're going to, or a lot of people are going to be forced. 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 Because, you know... Pluto is very dominant. Forced to really figure out where they've been lacking in these partnerships, where they've been lacking in even the commitment to yourself to get things done. It will not feel comfortable. It won't. And, you know, any people with placements, cardinal placements, um, in the later degrees of either Aries, Libra, Cancer or Capricorn are especially feeling it. If you need help discovering what is going on with you as far as these transits, 
also in the link to the description i'm still offering readings to be able to better assist you in your astrological understanding these four cardinal energies set up in the sky the way that they are you could almost think of it as like a board meeting with really kind of uh, fervent CEOs who want things done the way that they want them. The, you know, the cancer energy is speaking what it feels and it wants to initiate based on that. The um, Capricorn energy is putting out its CEO, I need to run this shit <laughs> type of energy sitting across from cancer. And then to the left of the Capricorn energy sits Libra, who, you know, is judging and wants to be fair. Uh, and then across from Libra is sitting Aries, who's just like, let's go. We got a new direction to go in, you know, that type of energy. So this is potent. This is potent, y'all. Be kind to yourself. Be gentle with yourself. But... Be real with yourself. Somebody out there right now knows that they need to leave a relationship. Somebody out there right now knows that that relationship is holding them back. Somebody right now is listening who feels that if something doesn't happen to change their circumstances as far as that relationship is concerned, that they're just gonna bust out of their skin. Bust out of your skin, baby. This is your time. The next 18 months, what action are you going to put into doing something with yourself that needs to be done? Not falling back on being nice and avoiding confrontation and not talking about it. What are you going to do? You're going to find out. But as you do, I really, really hope that you understand that even in the toughest of situations, there's something there for you, a lesson in the very least. But if we keep doing what we've been doing, we'll never get to experience something new. Keep that in mind. I love you guys. Have a great week.